ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. Welcome into the Monday, August 24th edition. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program anytime by calling the Millerite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite Hold True. Great taste. It's only 96 calories, the original light beer. And we got a lot to get into today because, really, I don't know what we have to get into today. That's the thing. We're several days out. Uh, as far as I know, we've still got Marshall football coming up on the 5th against EKU. That is still going on right now. There's no word yet if uh, anything's going to happen to that East Carolina game. So, as far as I know, all indications right now, full steam ahead. So, we have got football coming up here in less than two weeks, with 12 days. So, that's coming up. And we've got the AP Top 25 coming out today. And it's really interesting how they went about this because uh, already it's getting dinged on social media. Of course, everything gets dinged on social media. But, you know, that's a good place. Let's start right there. Uh, Marshall did not make the Top 25. Nine teams that are not going to play this fall did make the Top 25. Uh, So what the AP did, and their voters were instructed to do this, was vote for no matter if the conference is playing or not, vote for the teams you think are the top 25 teams preseason. This is what the preseason, if everybody was playing, this is what the AP voters, at least uh, an approximation in their minds of what it would look like starting out the season. And Clemson's your number one team. They got 38 first place votes. And Ohio State came in second, 21 votes. And we'll get to that in second. And Alabama's third with two votes. Georgia's fourth, and then Oklahoma with two first-place votes. They're fifth. LSU comes in at six with one first-place vote. And then you got Penn State at seven. Florida comes in at eight. Oregon's nine. Notre Dame is 10. Auburn is 11. Wisconsin is 12. Texas A&M's 13. Texas, 14. And then you have Michigan State. I'm sorry, Oklahoma State at 15. Michigan at 16. USC at 17. Then you have North Carolina at 18. Minnesota comes in at 19th. And, hey, look, Cincinnati coming in at 20. UCF, 21. Utah's 22. Iowa State comes in at 23. Iowa's 24. And then Tennessee comes in at 25. So that's your top 25. This is your preseason poll. Means nothing. Obviously means nothing because you have several teams that aren't going to be able to participate this fall. Ohio State, number two team in the country. They're not even playing. And they're the number two team in the country. Preseason, Penn State not even playing. They're number seven team in the country. Oregon, number nine team in the country, not playing. Wisconsin, the number 12 team in the country, not playing. Michigan, number 16 team in the country, not playing. USC, number 17, no, not not playing. Minnesota, number 19, nope, still not playing. Utah, 22nd, eh, not for long, you're not playing. And number 24 is Iowa. So uh, this is going to change. You, you know it's going to change because, again, This is preseason right now. Nobody's played a single down of football. Nobody's played. So this is what it looks like right now. It's going to change. And you know it's going to be more of a reflection of the teams that are actually playing. So uh, I know this was fun to kind of poke fun at. This was easy to look at and say, hey, look, Ohio State's not playing. How are the number two team? We could have some fun with this. What, What if Clemson loses? What if Clemson loses 
Alabama loses somewhere in there, Georgia, Oklahoma State, and Ohio State haven't played a game, but they're undefeated. Do they get to be the top 25 champion in the AP's voters' mind? No. It doesn't work like that way. They're going to try to maybe work something in with the spring as well, if there's actually some spring football. So this is, again, polls are meaningless. Polls are meaningless because they don't have any weight on the one thing that we all care about, and that is the college football playoff. That's the one thing we care about. I mean, these are great. The coaches' polls, great. We we talk about that when it comes out. The top 25, the AP poll, even though the AP top 25 has a long and storied history, and don't dismiss it, but it just doesn't have the tangibility to what the Power Five conferences are trying to do, and that's when the, the college football playoff. I mean, this is great. This is great because look at Utah, 22nd getting some respect there. Cincinnati, UCF, getting some love from the AP voters. And the Associated Press, again, not obligated to vote the college football playoff champion as their champion. Not obligated, but usually it falls in line. We have had times where it's not fallen in line. Of course, you've got the coaches' poll as well. The coaches' poll is going to fall in line. I'm not saying that it happens, but do the coaches necessarily vote in the coaches' poll? I mean, do you think that Doc Holliday votes in this poll? Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. Sometimes maybe he's like, okay, who's good? I haven't looked at anybody but my team and my conference. And the same thing could be for Neil Brown and all the other coaches that have a vote when they vote. I mean, how many of them are breaking this down and how many of them are depending on what others say? It could be a mix. It could be completely one end of the spectrum or the other. At the same time, the AP voters, I mean, these guys are, are supposedly the – the reporters that are following college football the most, and so they get to vote in the Associated Press Top 25. I mean, that's what it is. It's a subjective poll based on the opinion of the media voters, the coaches' poll based on the opinion of the coaches, and, of course, you get the committee and their poll, which really nullifies the AP poll and the coaches' poll once their committee gets together and start beginning their weekly rankings because then – you see, unless it, it behooves the SID or it benefits the SID, you see in the rankings coming out on the game notes, those numbers change. Those numbers change quickly. If you're getting votes in the college football playoff and you're not getting votes in the AP, hey, that doesn't matter because you're putting that right there. Marshall was, if Marshall was ranked 25th in the CFP, it's going right there, 25th ranked Marshall. If Marshall's not ranked in the CFP, but maybe the Associated Press says, hey, you know what? Marshall's 26th best team, 25th best team, 24th best team in the country, according to the Associated Press. That's where it goes right there. I mean, it's all subjective. It doesn't matter at the end of the day unless you are ranked in those spots for the playoff. Everything else is it just it's nice. It helps. It's nice, but... We only care about the rankings in regard to the championship, the Cotton Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl, the Peach Bowl. That's what we care about. The championship game played at Hard Rock Stadium. That's what we care about. That's what we're looking at as far as these rankings are concerned. So, hey, yeah, it's fun. Ohio State, your second-best team in the country. You're not going to get to play it down this fall, but you're the second-best team in the country. And the other side of this is, I mean, how disappointing is that? Ohio State, you're the second-best team in the country, according to the preseason. Penn State, you're seventh. Oregon, you're ninth. Those are pretty good. That's got to be disappointing. You're you're looking at those numbers right now, and you're an Ohio State fan. You're like, oh, man, what could have been? 
if you're a player for Penn State, you're like, oh, man, we're seventh? I mean, we could have done something this year. Hopefully you get a shot at it at spring. What what will the spring rankings look like? If you're just rated I – mean, if it's the MAC and the Big Ten, is it going to be like all the Big Ten teams and all the Pac-12 teams and then the MAC? Like we have a MAC team at number 25. What's that going to look like? That's, that's really where we're at right now. You're going to have like two different versions of football. I mean, in a way, it's kind of like, okay, we're going to get some football this fall if they can play it, and then we're going to get some football this spring if they can play it. I mean, already we're seeing uh, fall sports being um, pushed back. Conference USA coming out. We didn't have a show on Friday. Conference USA coming out and saying that the fall sports are going to be pushed to spring. So we'll have Ari Agnes hopefully coming on the program tomorrow. Um, we're going to try to get her on. Uh, I was working on that before that announcement came out, and, and sort of now it, it makes even more sense to talk to her because she's one of those coaches impacted by the move. And, of course, it's done because, one, COVID-19 concerns. Two, the fact that it gives Marshall opportunity to compete for championship. I mean, you want your student-athletes to have the opportunity and you're not going to be really penalized for playing in the fall or the spring. Uh, thanks to what the NCAA is doing, trying to make sure that everyone's whole. So that's where we're at right now with that. Uh, speaking of the college football playoff selection committee, we're going to get into that when we come back because uh, they have made their uh, announcement for their weekly rankings. And, again, that's the important ranking here. That's the ranking you care about. I mean, I like the AP poll, coaches poll, all fine. It's great to talk about until we get to – the college football playoff rankings, and then it seems like the AP coaches poll, all of that's nullified and doesn't mean anything anymore. And so we'll talk about when this is going to happen also. Uh, Some interesting openings to college football. There are several schools that are not going to allow fans. Uh, You know West Virginia is among the schools in the country not allowing fans. Uh, WVSSAC in West Virginia also making an announcement over the weekend, late Friday, about attendance for high school sports. We're going to get into all of that. Get your phone calls in. You can also find me on social media at Paul Swan. So we'll talk about all of that here when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Buckle up. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We are presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're taking you live every day home on your drive. Of course, if you can't join us live, you can always find me on the podcast. That's right, Apple Podcasts. That's the best place to get the podcast. Or you can go to Spotify, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, wherever you get your podcast. You'll find us every day right here. Broadcasting live or on your podcast from ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. So, college football playoff, talking about that. Selection committee announcing their ranking dates. And this is the date that nullifies the AP poll, the coaches poll, and every other poll. Selection committee will begin weekly rankings for the season Tuesday, November 17th. This is according to Executive Director Bill Hancock. The committee members will convene on Mondays and Tuesdays, revealing its rankings each week, of course, on ESPN's College Football Playoff Top 25 show. Of course, it's it's a TV event. Come on, you know better. You know better. The selection committee is going to meet five times prior to releasing its final rankings on Sunday, December 20th. 
The top four teams will participate in the playoff semifinals Friday, January 1st, they hope, and the Rose Bowl game and the All-Star Sugar Bowl. The national championship game will be played Monday, January 11th at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami Garden, Florida. Because, again, of course it's going to be played in Florida. I hope, I hope Florida gets – I hope Florida's okay. I'm going to be interested to see how they do this. I want to, I really want to see how they do this, how we're going to how we're going to do this, make this happen. I guess we're going to treat it like any other football game and just going to, everybody's going to wear a mask. I don't know. The committee's also going to announce some matchups, and this is where the rankings come in for the Goodyear Cotton Bowl, the big, the big one, the, P, the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. I mean, come on, PlayStation's got a new PlayStation coming out this year. That's going to be a big game this year. Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl on December 20th, uh, the final rankings. Um, were originally scheduled to be released Sunday, December 6th. And just going back a second, let's say you uh, you get selected for the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. I, your Christmas is good because you know what they're going to be giving away at the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. You're getting a PlayStation 5. Come on. I, mean, I, I don't know what you're going to get at the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl uh, other than a shot to play for the national championship. But as a consolation prize, you get to go to the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. You're getting a bland, You're getting a brand-new PlayStation. Right? I'm gonna be super disappointed if that's not if that's not the gift in the in the gift suite. That's not the bowl gift this year. A PlayStation at the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. Somebody's doing it wrong. But we're moving ahead. The dates are pushed back a little bit to accommodate sort of the the wonky nature of the schedule. I mean, look at Marshall's schedule. We're starting September 5th. EKU still not announced yet what the fan capacity will be if fans will be allowed at the stadium. So we don't know that yet. It's forthcoming. That's all I know. It's forthcoming. I know fans are getting anxious and antsy. If you're getting antsy, let me know. You can you can hit me up in the comments on Twitter, at Paul Swan. If you're getting anxious, antsy, perturbed, you're getting aggravated, you're getting to the point where you just want to know something. I mean, again, anecdotally, this is, again, all anecdotal. I know... Marshall's reached out to some who have season tickets. I don't know all the details, but I know Marshall has reached out. So what that's going to look like completely, I don't know. Probably a reduction in tickets if you're a season ticket holder. And again, I think the goal here is to have this all situated and squared away before game day. Not have a situation where someone's showing up hoping that they can buy his ticket but to actually have a, a plan, just a sort of an idea of what it's going to look like. And Mike Hamrick was with me, and he's talked about this when we spoke, and he's, uh, he's spoken about this, digital tickets. I don't know how far we are with that, but you know, if you don't have that Herd app, probably want to go get that right now as well if that's going to be uh, where the tickets are going to be. Uh, it's going to that because they're safe, they're secure. And if you've got an iPhone, you've got an Android phone, you've got an app, you don't lose your ticket there. Sure, I like having that ticket in my hand. I like actually having that. But you've got the digital ticket, so you don't have to touch the ticket. You can just scan it. That's, that's coming. I think that's a good move. Again, I like, I like the ticket. It's a keepsake. I, you know, if it's a, it's a special event, you, you have the ticket. You know, it's it's something. What are you gonna do? You have a, a, a digital printout. It's not the same. It really isn't. I mean, maybe I'm just being you know sentimental, but still, you know, you have that that ticket from a, a game like a championship game, the Super Bowl. You have that ticket. It's it's a keepsake. It's a 
something you cherish. Hey, look, I was there. Game program. I get it. I, I get why people buy game programs. I mean, I'm not a game program keeper. They're nice. I'll look at them. But it'd have to be something special. But, yeah, you're going to digital ticketing here. And so you just want to know. And I completely get that here. And we don't know. We don't know if fans are going to be allowed in or EKU or it's going to be pushed back. Like, okay, fans will come in for the Appalachian State game. But this EKU game, we're going to play this without the fans and limited personnel. Are we are we at that point yet? I mean, West Virginia's not playing with that first game they're having. So will Marshall be along those lines, or will Marshall say, look, we can pull this off. You know, we think we can do it. We, we want to try. We can do it. We're going to social distance. We're going to have people wear masks. We're going to limit capacity in, in the press box, I'm sure, limit capacity with the luxury suites. I mean, I mean, those are the questions I still have. Like, okay, that's a lot of traffic in that elevator. That's a lot of people getting together real close in that elevator. I mean, that's... That's an interesting situation right there. You know, how's that? Is it going to be limited maybe two, three people at a time in the elevator? I mean, how's that going to work? Is one elevator going to be devoted to up and one elevator devoted to down? I mean, what's that going to look like? I don't know. I can't wait. We'll know all of this together. So, I mean, that's where we're at right now with the schedule. And there are lots of schools that are not allowing fans to attend. Of course, we, we've seen West Virginia make that announcement. There are a couple others that have made that announcement. We're going to talk about those schools when we continue also. The fact that high school football, at least in the state of West Virginia, the guidance is this. First two weeks of the football season, only family members of players and coaches will be permitted to attend games. So I guess this is a, a way to mitigate, get things in place, but family members – coaches that's it so if you're going to want to watch the game i'm sure there are going to be schools across the state of west virginia across the country you're going to probably see a lot of video streams some are going to be better than others some are going to be just somebody with a a iphone streaming the game on facebook and it's just going to be the iphone and that's it i mean other schools are going to put some effort into it Uh, of course there's your local radio broadcast as well so there's going to be so many different ways to, to be a part of this game and not not be in the stands. And I know that's going to agitate a lot of people. It's going to irritate a lot of people because, I mean, let's be honest. I think the smaller the community, the more integral the high school is, the more important the high school is to the community, the smaller the community. I really think that. I truly do. It doesn't matter the size of the school. I think the community, if it's a smaller community, a closer-knit community, the high school means more. I mean, to be quite honest, I think you get more support and better support for a school like Spring Valley, Cabell Midland, smaller communities, mind you, smaller communities. And I'm not trying to say it's bad, but Spring Valley means more to the community than, say, Huntington High does to Huntington proper. Not to take away anything from the programs of the communities, it's just smaller communities, the school means more. It's it's a closer-knit bond. It's a closer-knit yeah, pairing between school and community, yeah. So that's a big one right there, that the SSC comes out and says, look, um, first two weeks, football season, only family members of players and coaches are going to be permitted to attend games. So that means if your son is participating on football, I think this applies to cheerleaders as well, too. So I think we're good there. I don't think the band's in, you know, band, no. But cheerleaders, I believe, are going to be there. I know their family is going to be in also, the way I'm understanding this is it's there's not going to be walk-up tickets. 
that's going to be huge. And each school is going to handle this probably a little bit differently. So I would, uh, I would stay tuned. I would keep an eye on this because you might not be getting to go. Unless you have uh, a child who's participating on game night, you're not probably going to the game on, on game night. But, of course, there are going to be options all over the place. So we'll keep you updated on that. I promise you we will. Let's talk about, when we come back, some of the colleges that are not allowing fans to attend and their reason why. And we'll get your phone calls in. Also, uh, social media. You can find me on Twitter, at Paul Swan. Love to hear from you. More on the way. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Never miss a moment of The Drive with Paul Swan. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I mentioned to you earlier that several schools, no fans in the stands. We know West Virginia's not doing that. They're going to go ahead, play that first game with EKU, and it's not going to have fans in attendance. Cincinnati Bearcats, not going to have fans in the stands when it opens the season against Austin P. That's going to be September 19th. Now, we're talking September 19th. And they sent out a letter to their fans, their season ticket holders, and they basically said, quote, we will start the season without fans in Nippert Stadium, and we will permit fans in the stadium later in the season only if we determine it is safe and appropriate to do so. They added, Let's keep evaluating. Obviously, if things improve, and that's a big if, but if we feel things improve and it's safe, we'll consider doing something else in October and November. September, October, November. I mean, we're we're probably going to push this back so far. Uh, You look at their schedule. October 3rd is their second home game against South Florida. So they're basically, in my mind, it's like, oh, look, we're we're just not going to be able to do this. We're going to look at it in October. It saves a, a little wear and tear on them, probably physically, monetarily maybe. It's going to hit as far as the finances are concerned, but at the same time what they're trying to do to invest in making this happen. I mean, that's just my best guess. Again, outdoor venue attendance for sporting events in the fall, according to Ohio Governor Mike DeWine, 15% of fixed seating capacity up to a maximum of 1,500 people. Okay, so no fans Season opener for Cincinnati. A little closer to the Conference USA home for herd fans is Charlotte. And their athletic department announced Sunday that fans are not going to be allowed at the home opener versus Georgia State. And that's September 26th. Now, North Carolina is a little different than West Virginia. COVID-19 doesn't care, but it's a little different in North Carolina right now than it is in West Virginia. But this is September 26th. They just came out today, yesterday, late Sunday, and it said, look, no, no fans against Georgia State, not going to happen. They come out, and they say that it's a decision is in consideration of ongoing public health concerns as well as UNC Charlotte's move to delay in-classroom education until October 1st. So they're, they're tying it in with classes. Of course, Marshall students are learning today. Some on campus, virtually, Marshall school began today. And so... You can't use that as an excuse because Marshall's gone forward. West Virginia will follow. School's happening. So that can't be a reason why you, you eliminate fans. Or can it? I don't know. Again, there's not that many campus. Uh, opli- there's not that many kids on campus. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Not happening. It's, I mean, there are vending machines now. I actually saw this. 
uh, vending machines now with uh, your COVID-19 supplies, like hand sanitizer, masks. You need a mask? Hey, look, we get a vending machine for that. It's not a bad idea, actually. Uh, you're going to see that outside at June Seaworth Stadium. We're going to have a couple of vending machines that have hand sanitizer, mask. I mean, it would not be a terrible idea. I might get abused, too, so keep that in mind. But Charlotte, not going to have fans at the home opener. And, again, it's a different situation. It's September 26th. And then we got Marshall, September 5th, EKU. The game's happening. Unless otherwise told, we got a game in less than two weeks, 12 days. We've got herd football. It's happening. And Marshall hasn't had the, um, hasn't had the plan announced yet. The plan's not out. We don't know. Is it going to be limited capacity? Is it going to be no capacity, no fans whatsoever? I mean, that would mean also no fans, no luxury box, no media. I mean, that's things I got to know. But you need to know if you get to go or not. And if you don't get to go, you know, why? That's the big question. So that's what we're waiting for now. What is it going to look like? Is there going to be a hard cap? Are we going to see maybe this first game? Marshall come out and say, look, nope, not doing it. Yeah, we'll get it right for the second game. We'll make it happen. The plan's going to be fans for September 19th. No fans here for September 5th. I mean, could that be the same thing? I mean, could the ECU game continue on and then we see no fans for ECU? I mean, could Marshall the first two weeks play in front of no fans? Could that be the first two weeks of herd football playing in front of no fans? And if it means you get to play the games, then so be it. No fans. Let's do this. Let's play no fans. I think that's a sacrifice everyone should be willing to make because you get to see the game right on TV, and that's another thing. We don't know what the TV is going to look like. That's the biggie right here. That's going to be the big one. Is it going to be ESPN Plus? Is it going to be CBS Sports Network? Is it going to be ESPN ESPN 2, ESPN News? What's it going to be? Where is it going to be? Is it going to be on Stadium, Stadium Facebook? Where's the game going to be? That's the big question after can fans attend. I mean, those are fair questions, and I think those plans are still being worked out. I mean, I would rather Mike Hamrick say to me, here's the plan. Sorry it took so long, but I'd rather tell you what the plan is going to be than what I think the plan is going to be. I don't want to tell you one thing one week and then have to come back and tell you another thing. I would rather have that conversation where he just looks at me and says, all right, Here it is. It's definitive. It's what's happening. Sorry you had to wait, but I'd rather tell you what you need to know instead of what I think is going to happen. I think that's fair because we saw early on in COVID-19 during the first few weeks, we saw a lot of administrators, a lot of coaches just speaking without really thinking. And I don't think that's been the case at Marshall. Still, I want to know, but will some of the other schools sort of be a guide, or is Marshall going to be Marshall going to be a rare exception? Marshall going to be an outlier? Marshall going to be a rare exception? Marshall going to be maybe the norm? Maybe you're not going to see that many schools say, "Look, we're not going to limit fans. Uh, we're going to we're, to this degree, we're going to come out and and limit to 15, 20 percent." I mean. Marshall's looking at what? I mean, Gilbert was on with uh, Hoppy Kirchwell on Talk Line. I think he said 30% maybe. I think that's the that's the, the number they were looking at. Again, that's um, not solid. It's not definitive, but it doesn't give you an answer. It completely leaves you in the dark right now because if you've got a handful of season tickets, if you got a bunch of season tickets, you've got like 10, 15, 20, you want to know, okay, who do I tell is not coming? Do I get 10? 
Do I get 15? I mean, do I get 20? Then how's it going to be? We're going to have to space. There's going to be social. And that's the other thing is what what the seating chart's going to look like. Depending on how many season tickets you have, how many season tickets you're going to get, how it's going to be spaced, because that's going to be the big key is how do you space all of this? And will people who have chairbacks be spaced out of the chairbacks? Or will people who have chairbacks have limited amount? And is it going to be, okay, we're not going to move you out of the chairback section, but you're not going to have as many tickets as you want? Again, there are so many questions right now. And, of course, these are going to be things that are presented to the season ticket holders sooner than later because we got a game on September 5th. It's happening. It's, it's coming up pretty rapidly here. And then you can refine what you did for the next home game on September 19th. Or does Marshall just come out and say, look, we got the home game, and it's good for our team, but we can't let you in to see it in person. You're going to have to watch it on TV, listen to it on the radio. Those are going to be the things that you're going to have to do this first game so we make sure that we can get everything in place we need to be in to make this a good, safe experience for you. But I can't imagine you go and schedule EKU and then say, no fans. I can't imagine you do that unless you just felt the you had to have that game early before you play East Carolina. You had to have that home game. There are reasons why you needed that. I just can't imagine there's going to be Marshall coming out here in the next few days and saying, look, no fans. If there's a plan that's submitted and they feel that it's safe and they can pull this off, I mean, we'll see. It's definitely a day-to-day fluid situation. I don't know. I mean, all I know is, oh, by the way, we have Doc Holiday show coming up here in about a couple weeks. Less than a couple weeks, actually. Um, the Thursday before game day, we got a Doc Holiday show. Now, uh, I don't believe it's out in the belt, so I don't think that's going to be a thing for you. I think that's really reasonable and smart and safe. But we do have a Doc Holiday show coming up here in less than two weeks. It's going to be the Thursday before game day. So September 3rd, we'll have a Doc Holiday show for you. But we have our show, which continues, and we'll get your phone calls in. Or you can find me online, Twitter, at Paul Swan. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're wrapping up today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You know, yesterday I kind of felt like I was on a different planet than my social media feed. Everyone's talking NBA and Luca. I get that. NBA, that's that's a thing. The NBA's happening. I was watching hockey. I'm sorry. I, I was watching hockey. Yeah, the Canucks got blasted by the Golden Knights. 5 nothing. I'm good with that completely because, again, uh, after my team was eliminated from the qualifying round, I fell back to my secondary team, which, by the way, the Vegas Golden Knights. So 5 nothing win over the Canucks. I'm good with that. Yesterday, the Boston Bruins, a team that a lot of people love to hate, beat the Tampa Bay Lightning 3-2. to So Vegas leads the series with the Canucks one game to nothing, and Lightning lead the series with the Bruins. Eh, sorry, Bruins lead the series against the Lightning three games to two. No, it's one nothing. 
Looking ahead to tonight, Islanders taking on the Flyers, uh, 7 o'clock on NBC Sports Network. Uh, and then a game that uh, we can manage a little bit better as far as uh, time, the Stars and the Avalanche, 9.45 tonight. Avalanche Stars, that should be – I think that's going to be a, a Game 7 series. Uh, I will see how the Flyers and Islanders go because the Islanders look really good and the Flyers I thought should have looked better. But still, I think the Flyers look pretty good with Carter Hart in net. That's all coming up tonight. And, of course, yes, there is NBA. I get it. I will talk it. I will, I'm not watching. Okay, I'll watch a little bit of it. I'm not watching it as much as you are. Game that's going on right now, for those of you listening live, the Rockets are leading the Thunder 90-77 to with 3.14 to go in the third. The Bucks beat the Magic 121-106. to Coming up tonight, Pacers take on the Heat. That's 6.30 on TNT, and the Lakers and the Trailblazers, 9 o'clock tonight. That's coming up on, believe it or not, TNT. Oh, we're going to have that for you, by the way. Coming up next, for those of you listening live, Pacers Heat. That's going to be our ESPN radio game coming up tonight, 6 o'clock right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So uh, that's what it looks like as far as the NBA and the NHL concerned. Of course, again, I'm going to be keeping an eye on the NHL, uh, MLB. We got one game going on into seventh. I'm sorry, now on the top of the eighth, just refreshed. Blue Jays leading the Rays five to three. Coming up tonight, Marlins take on the Nationals. It'll be the Twins versus the Cleveland Indians. The Teddy Clumper, ten Cleveland Indians. The Cubs taking on the Tigers tonight. It'll be the Athletics taking on the Rangers. Reds and Brewers. That's coming up tonight. Royals, Cardinals, and Angels, Astros all coming up tonight. And then the nightcap is going to be the Rockies and the Diamondbacks. Pirates off tonight. That's why we've got NBA action coming up tonight for you right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. As the Pirates again off tonight, they're doing better. I think that's fair to say they're they're doing better. It's okay. I mean, you look at the standings right now and – in the National, the Pirates are 7-17. and Milwaukee's 11-15, so they're not much better. The Reds are 11-15, so they're not much better. St. Louis, 9-8. and And then you got the Cubs that are 17-10. 17-10, the Cardinals are 9-8. National League, Atlanta, 16-12, leading the East and the West. L.A. actually leading 22 wins, 8 losses. So they're leading in the West. Short season. Some of these teams are playing as if it's a long season. Some of these teams are playing as if it is a short season. I haven't even followed the American. Uh, Tampa Bay leads the East 19-10 and 10 on their record. Uh, Central Minnesota 19-10 and 10 on the top of the Central there in the West. Oakland 20-9. and 9. So, as I said, I, I've, I follow the Pirates. they following hockey. Uh, I depend on you on social media for your NBA love. I'm sorry, just you know, I can't, I can't tear away from hockey. I really can't. I mean, I want to. I really want to watch the Lakers. I want to watch the the Lakers. I do. I'll peek in on them. I'll, I'll turn the radio on if we got that particular game on ESPN Radio. But still, uh, I just can't tear away from the hockey right now. I didn't know that I would have these choices, these problems. This this is the problem we all were suffering a few weeks ago. We didn't have any of this. Now we got it all. And then on top of that, we're going to have some sort of college football here in the next few weeks uh, if they can get this off the ground and play. Again, uh, Marshall taking on EKU September 5th. 
Uh, no word yet on fan capacity for this first game, if it's going to be limited or if it's going to be non-existent. Also, uh, we don't know yet what the story will be with East Carolina. That game will be September 12th. If it's played, I'm thinking, I don't know about fans. I, I'm thinking no fans for that one. I really am surprised we haven't heard anything yet. Again, we're hearing from a lot of schools like UNC Charlotte saying, look, no fans for the game against Georgia State on September 26th. That's, that's, that's a bit off. That's a little ways away. But we haven't heard the word yet on Marshall, so I don't have to tell you right now. Hopefully that's coming sooner than later as far as an announcement's concerned. I, I'm just going to say on the conservative side, 25 30% fan capacity, up to 30%. That might be where we stand as far as the fan capacity is concerned, if fans are going to be allowed. It might not happen, but I wouldn't be surprised if this first game is a no-fans game. I don't think that's going to happen unless something changes, but I think we're going to see one-fourth the capacity probably at at Jones C. Edwards Stadium for the game against EKU on September 5th. Stay tuned. Story gets uh, interesting every day, and that's going to do it for this edition. Can't wait to find out something. I mean, I'm with you. I really wish we could find something out, and I know it's it's tough sitting there waiting. Like, what what's going to happen? When do we find out something? Hopefully, we'll find something out this week. That would probably be my best guess if we find out something this week. That's going to do it. Thanks for tuning in. Back tomorrow. Don't forget, you can find me on social media. The Drive with Paul Swan on Facebook. You can join our page. You can find me on Twitter at Paul Swan. I'd appreciate that if you would follow me. And uh, look forward to hearing from you. Get your thoughts, comments, and feedback. Until tomorrow, we'll talk to you soon. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.